What is up, folks? And welcome to another episode of In the Area Podcast, Rapatash Patej, your weekly source for wisdom nuggets. But I'm here with Axel Lloyd. What up? Bram Lloyd. What up? And Quinn Benair. What up? We uh, we recently pulled off a race. We paddled 230 miles from Lake Superior to International Falls, Minnesota. We did it in 103 hours. We got through 43 portages. We were going into the sun against the wind. It was totally crazy. Sleep deprived the whole time. Hallucin- I was hallucinating. And just real quick, please remember to scatamoochie, scatamoochie, and engage that subscribe button. And follow us on Instagram at In The Area Pod for that deeper content. This is the second recording of this episode, not featuring Paul Beach and Chase Edgerton, two members of the trip. Coming at you live or a few days later from Vail, Colorado, In The Area Podcast. This is actually a pretty well-known race. I mean, it is a race. Uh, traditionally, in the fall, actually, it's an event. And there's a start, you know, there's a starting gun, starting time. People sign up for it. Different pairs go out, different groups go out, and it's timed. And it is a competition. Um, but they do it the other. They do it the opposite right. way. From uh, it, w- yeah, with west, the, to west to east. Yeah, from west to east. So we knew that whatever time we did, we'd set a record. So we could have done it. <laughs> That's the only reason we fastest did it. known time. Yeah, fastest known time. We started with this eight and a half mile portage, and it was pretty humid this day, late July in Minnesota, and. We just had serious, serious chafing. So bad. Devastating. <laughs> like we we could not keep going without, you know, applying some sort of uh zinc or blue lizard mm-hmm. uh, combination of sunscreen. Fifty yeah. percent sunscreen, fifty percent zinc. To to paint the picture, it was eight and a half mile grand portage. Then as Zach said, you put on the water, immediately starts dumping. And then it was pulling up a river for much longer than any of us were anticipating. And then it was the sun is setting. And then when you're normally getting into your dry clothes and in your sleeping bag and drying out, we are portaging and paddling through the night. Soaked. And then it's Soak. soaking wet. And, and you're getting soaked every time. No air. All of the trees are wet. Portaging. And yeah, every right. time you dry off paddling, you get soaked again. And then it's 2.30 and you're deciding to sleep in the mm-hmm. coldest part of the night on the wet rock. Everyone slept on the rock because it was the only thing that was quote unquote dry. And then you're waking up again, portaging, not, and that's when that next morning is yeah. when the chafe really started. So basically, once we started this next day after our, our cold sleep on the, on the rock, we just all had really bad chafing on our inner thighs. Um, and it made for portaging that day is absolutely miserable. You know, we're all walking bow legged down the trail trying to get any sort of airflow, like pulling my pants down while I'm paddling. <laughs> just just yeah. to get some airflow. It was it was real. The struggle was real. That first night paddle for me felt so spiritual. Being under the stars, like the the stars were reflecting off the water and it was so quiet. All you could hear were the sounds of our paddles. And like that was my first real night paddle that I've ever had. You know, it starts getting dark at eight, eight thirty, fully dark at like ten. Yeah. The stars, the start stars to start populating, mm. and then it's like pitch black for like three hours or four hours, yeah. and then you see this like kind of green shimmer again at like three thirty four a.m. start to pop up, and then it takes like two hours for it to actually feel like daytime or like wow. morning. Yeah, but you just have this tiny little light that I didn't even really realize like mm. happened. Yeah. You know, I didn't know baby light that at like four four a.m. <laughs> that there was like a shimmer. 
mood lighting. Yeah, yeah, but you totally. can really tell once you've experienced the been awake that whole right through the whole gray, the whole dark. Right. Well, it would be sick too when you would paddle dusk until then you see the moon coming up replacing oh. the sun and then you see the moon and the sun and then you're like okay cool it's getting dark and then the sun disappears and you see the moon and then the moon is rising and it's it is like in a way it almost is getting a it got darker obviously but then you get to the night and then it's getting lighter again and then it yeah. sets and it's getting darker again and then you're just with the stars mm. and it is freaking crazy glorious yeah can anyone talk about, can someone explain what our diet was? Yeah. Uh, basically, we had um, basically we had trip food, which was everyone got about, I think, four pounds of gorp, or were each of those bags two pounds? And gorp is? Gorp is trail mix. We each got about four pounds of trail mix, and we could take pretty much as much pemmican as we wanted, which is basically just like a puck of uh, beef jerky, let's say, ground up and mixed with its own fat. Super high calories, super high in protein, um, and super lightweight for what it's packing. Um, and we had those two things plus one um, communal dinner, which was mashed potatoes, ramen, and pemmican, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. which basically we were going to say, okay, oh, w- when eventually we do take like a big sleep, um, that we were predicting this is going to happen, we'll eat that. And other than that, some people oh. brought, you know, different little bars, protein bars. I know some people had gels. Like Chase probably had some, like, little carb gels. Yeah. And we basically would just graze all day. Like, you yep. you would have, graze. like, I think most people probably did this. They would have some gorp, some of those gorp trail mix bags buried, and they would have one active bag that would just be floating, like, either at the top of their pack or in the boat, yeah. depending on if we're doing lakes or we're doing portages. And, you know, you would just eat a little bit every, every, every time you could, I would say. Right. Uh, after every portage, before every portage, uh, if, if people are waiting up because people are getting spread out. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it seemed to work pretty well. Like, I, I think with, for me, the pemmican really helped. Um, I think it worked better than, I'm really glad I didn't just like, live off a gel or also that we didn't do like too many big meals because those are just Mm -hmm. time consuming and definitely like you know you get like the crash after eating a big meal and like so you could just naturally feel the crashes of you know your circadian rhythm Mm -hmm. and um it just seemed like it really it did kind of work for what we needed like i don't think too many people had stomach issues um like I remember having one little one in that morning after we like had, I we basically didn't sleep. We slept an hour, mm, and we mm, were just going. Mm. That morning, my body just felt off, and right. I had a stomach ache. But I, I was talking to someone today who like does like triathlons and like Ironman stuff, and they're like, "Yeah, the most important thing is nutrition." Like I'm like, "Yeah," and he's like, "Yeah." Once you start getting on those gels, like if you get on those gels and you're only in like the you know, the whatever, like the bike part of it or the swimming part and you're already on the gels, like that's when you know they're going to be like effed. Like they'll be done, you know, because they're, they're just eating like straight sugar and that's in their bodies. It's just like the body's like not, not able enough. to keep up. Like I don't, it's not complex enough or like you're overriding mm. the system with sugar, yeah. which is like what it's running on, you think. Totally. But like your stomach can't handle just that. So yeah. I've been reading too before the, before the canoe trip that sleep deprivation actually decreases your immune system's effectiveness. Like your immune system is starting starts to shut down the less sleep you get and the longer you go without good sleep. 
So one thing that we brought was Insure, which is like a which is like an elderly meal replacement. And I wonder how important that was too for replenishing some important vitamins and minerals for our diet as well. Yeah, it felt like it helped. It tasted pretty good, way better than I thought it would. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember at a certain point my body rejected the trail mix, and I just had to pull oh, over and like let it out. Yeah, because I couldn't put it down anymore, and. I think sleep deprivation played a role. You're you're just so off. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to go back to what you were talking about before, though, with the the sleep comparison on our on our Arctic trip last summer. We got the rest we needed, and the calories were coming in. Yeah. At a regular scheduled rate, and we were like bodies responded well. You know, we all looked fine at the end of it. Strong. At, at this on this trip, we we're not eating regularly. You're you're really only having a few choice items. Yeah. So it was so hard to to feel at any point like regular. You know, I didn't Oh no, yeah. I didn't feel Be normal regular. after I think the twelfth or thirteenth hour. It just kind of Yeah. It's like, oh shit, this is this is just a marathon. Man. It's uh, a sprint that felt like a marathon. I want to talk key moments. What were some when you guys think back to the trip? Uh, Can before we leave that other immune okay. system thing? Sure. Sorry, I just wanted right after the trip we listened to that uh, neurologist. Oh yeah, Andrew Huberman. And he was saying that you know when your body's in that tense state, the kind of like when you are active and sleep deprived, and you have like the neuroepinephrine, um, you actually do your body doesn't really get sick then. Like it is. It is because it's in such a heightened state, right. you know, it is. And then it's when you take the rest, it all kind of floods back and your immune system is weaker. And mm-hmm. that's when you get sick. It's amazing how resilient the body is. But when you give it the rest it needs, it's like, okay, you just, it's well, all you just did up. to me. I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm coming back at you. <laughs> man. I mean, we haven't said, I mean, this was an odyssey, man. Like the, 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 the narrative arc, the ups and downs. Oh my gosh. It, the, 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 how it didn't really feel like real life. Um, it, it felt mythical. Gotta be um, the hero, Axel. Yeah. Yeah. This, yeah. This, oh my God. That, that was the key mo- moment that's oh a, my yeah. in my book. Yeah. Okay. That was yeah. the key moment. What, uh, describe the moment. Quiet. Our last sleep. So this is going on our, I don't know what hour, but this is Tuesday leading into mm-hmm. Wednesday. We started on Saturday. We ended Wednesday. This is early, early Wednesday morning. And we had, we had been up for a long time about 24, 24 hours, hours and we're finally calling it. We're like close enough that we can say, okay, we're almost a Namakin, our pen, second to last big lake. We can, we can sleep for a little bit. We chose to sleep for an hour, which was so dumb. <laughs> we just fucked ourselves over. But Axel is a person who wakes up. Yeah. I guess he was up on, on top of the hill with Zach and Bram and he's the one who gets up and says, guys, we gotta be the heroes. I'm down on the rock with Paul and Chase, and we're like dead starfish down there. I can't even imagine what we look like. <laughs> and Axel comes down and wakes me up. And in this moment, I just hated you so much. <laughs> I hated you with such an inner passion of just, God, if this person doesn't leave me alone, I would right. like to punch them in the face, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, everyone had their own response totally. this morning 
to the worst I've ever felt, <laughs> or at least the sleepiest. I yeah. was so sleepy, oh, you know. I, I couldn't different fathom why I would why you would ask me to wake up. I yeah. couldn't believe it. Don't Dude, ask okay. that of me. I, 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 and I appreciated deep down. I, I was really annoyed. I was standing up and and like falling asleep standing up. But I did appreciate it deep down. What pissed me off more though was Quinn made a comment that was like I I basically told Axel like. Dude, sh- shut up! Like this is the Spartans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, oh, yeah, you, I was like clapping. I, it wasn't easy for me too, and like we were all like just trying to sip coffee, like passing it like a it bottle so of whiskey. Hot, it was so hot. Just trying to honestly like finish this thing of coffee, wake up, and just finish this misery that right. we have to do. Get to morning. Yeah, right. get to morning. And everyone had their own way of coping with that 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 tiredness. And Axel was clapping. He was clapping to keep himself up. And, uh, he was pumping us to pump himself right, up. Right, exactly. Yes, yes. And for me, I'm like, dude, okay, sh- you got. I'm up now. You got me. The Spartans <laughs> have a word for this. I read Gates of Fire. I'm like, they have a word for this. It's like you don't need a pregame speech. You just go and do what you're trained to do. And then uh, Quinn, I, I, I told Axel that, and Quinn's like, hey, man, you can't tell someone how to feel. <laughs> and uh, I yes. remember that, that pissed me off. In, in that moment, there was not a worse thing he could have said to me. <laughs> And I remember I snapped back something like, well, yeah, but I'm going to tell you how I feel. Yep. And then literally the rest of that that next stretch, <laughs> like this is a hilarious stretch because I'm like falling asleep in the boat, like the boat, like I'd wake up to myself, like getting way off path. And I'd be like, oh my gosh, you got to keep the boat straight. But also I'm just stewing in my head. Quinn <laughs> just really got me good. And then I remember I would just like, occasionally I'd be so mad. I just have to release it and I pull my paddle real fast yeah. down. And Bram thought. And Zach, so Zach is so in Bram, the stern and I'm in the bow yep. and I'm literally doing the same thing as Zach, but uh, <laughs> not stewing over anything. I'm just like in the bow, like. Falling asleep while paddling, which yeah. like you you can do. This is really cool. I didn't know you could like <laughs> fall asleep and keep paddling, but I would just be like asleep, yeah. take a few strokes, and be like, oh yeah. And then one time I hear this huge like, whoosh, I'm like oh shit, like I think I must have stopped paddling, and I'm like <laughs> I just stopped paddling, and he's really mad at me. Okay, oh my god, stop paddling really hard. Dude, no, no, dude, I was and just then, and then yeah. finally Zach like breaks the silence, it. and he's like, yeah. dude. How are you doing? No, no. I'm like, dude, Bram, I want to let you know I am not doing well right now. Um, and then, uh, then like, it was very important for Bram and I to start And I talking. was like, dude, I'm not doing well Yeah, I, And I, I was surprised because I, seven times that stretch, I had, I had like, real, I had woken, woken up and realized I was getting the boat off course. And I thought it was interesting. Bram never commented on it. I'm like, oh, I guess he's just fucking down with it. Like, this is I was asleep. very friendly. He I, was asleep too. Yeah. And then we get to the end of that stretch. And I remember, I think- Quinn, we've talked about this. Quinn was expecting me to like kind of because you realized that you realized. Oh yeah, I knew you were. You knew it, but you were upset, pissed. and I yeah. Yeah, but I, I, I thought something was coming. I made it. I think I I, I requested something, and then, and then you realized like, all right, it's so because like you you know that like I knew in my head too. I'm like this. How I'm thinking is not fair. You know, this is not a reasonable way to think right now. And uh, this definitely has to do with my, my sleep-deprived state. So I, it's like, it was weird because it's like, I can't trust my thoughts. Yeah. I couldn't trust, I couldn't really trust <laughs> where my head was at. And it, everyone was having such a bad time. Like, I don't know why, I, like, I had to defend Axel in that moment. I just felt like, <laughs> I felt like he was. It did make sense. He deserved you know defense to, defense yeah he did because he was the hero yeah, that yeah, morning definitely. as much as i had hated him you know five minutes before oh my right. god and but then, you turned around and i could like 
feel the heat. Feel oh. You know, I could. I was like, oh shit! And then, I just hit a nerve on Zach, which yeah. I had not done before. The way Zach like dealt with that in that moment too, right after you know he snapped back at Quinn, was just to kind of step back a step and close his eyes. And I don't know if he was just stewing or like actually fell asleep standing up, but like he was just sitting there, standing there, uh, eyes closed, not taking any more coffee. Just no, I was ready to get on the water. I was waiting for everyone waiting. to finish. What I was waiting for everyone to finish. With eyes closed. Yeah, dude. Weird, man. But weird. You said, "Well, I'm." I said, "You can't tell someone how to feel." And you said, yeah. "Well, I'm going to tell I'm gonna you tell my you opinion how, too. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to tell, yeah. tell, tell you how I feel. I can tell you how I'm I feel." Like, man. yeah. <laughs> Damn right. Yeah. Anyways, that for me was a chaser. That morning was a chaser to what might arguably have been the most epic segment of 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 canoe experience i've ever had this is one of those moments where you can see the stars on the water and life is epic life is full of mystery and wonder and we get into we portage across into this section of of river that is very different from what we had been before we were in like it was pretty clear pretty clear night you can see the moon very clearly we get into this section there's fog a layer of mist across the top of the water and there's really high reeds and we're paddling in these very narrow channels, kind of weaving our way through the reeds. And it just had this crazy feel like I, it almost felt like we were in some sort of like transported to some like haunted house or weird, some sort of, some sort of haunted Disney ride. And, uh, there were beavers slapping their tails against the water, like every minute. And the lead boat has their red headlamp on that's just that's illuminating against the fog and it just it just had this unreal and no one is saying anything it is like no one's uttering a word and this is like 45 minutes of this pass and i remember by the end of this stretch by the end of this by the approaching the end i'm thinking this might go on forever this this could very well be like one of dante's layers of hell that just never ends like this this is what happens this is what happens when you fuck something up it felt like we were transported uh, into a African jungle apocalypse river. Now. Yeah, I mean, Apocalypse Now is based on Heart of Darkness, which in Heart of Darkness, they are going up the Congo to find what exactly? Uh, someone who's lost their mind it's a dark and humanity. Story of humanity. Yeah, yeah it's, and the, the darkness that runs across the... the the heart of everyone in every uh, the, the heart of humanity and that's inside of everyone and it's scary i mean and it's uh it, yeah and it's not um it's not necessarily friendly it's just there and like the the jungle is swallowing you up and you are consumed by it i mean literally consumed the the character kurtz in heart of darkness like he loses his body to the jungle like he is a he is a skeleton um, he is a voice. And this and, horror is somehow more perceptible when you're in the wilderness. Yeah. Which is why the vibe. The horror. So, yeah. The horror. Was, <laughs> the horror. Yeah. It was. It just felt so scary. We paddle for basically another 24 hours to finish up the trip right after that final sleep. And I think there was an interesting statistic there. How far did we paddle in those last like 24 hours? Paddled over a hundred miles. Yeah, we paddled a hundred and ten miles over from three a.m. till seven three a.m. on Tuesday morning until seven p.m. on Wednesday night on one hour of sleep yeah. in between. Yeah, for someone who's never done anything like this, it'd be like doing uh, like your work, maybe lifting weights, and you're the way you feel on the last rep, 
and you do that for 12 hours or 14 hours. And that's what it was like for me. It was like, wow. I'm on my last rep. Yeah. But you have to do it for 14 no, hours. I, I, that's what it was. In those last moments, I felt yeah. like I was already expired. I had yeah. already drawn right. from my you, reserves. I had already pulled from everything I had. Yeah. And that was fine. I knew it was exhausted. I knew I had exhausted the, the remaining stuff. And uh, I, I finally told the group, I'm like, guys, I, I need to pull over right now. I need to close my eyes. I need to stop paddling. And so we pull over and I'm so jealous because we pull over and within a minute, Bram goes up there in his life vest and literally falls asleep. I could not believe it. He was asleep, like not responsive. Like I was like, Bram? And I was he was asleep. And then I remember I went over to lay next to Axel. Like I'm like, I'm getting bit by bugs and I can't fall asleep. I go to lay over by Axel because he, he's on a more exposed area. I'm thinking maybe the wind is moving the bugs away. And I remember there was kind of a sentimental moment between Axel and I. Like Axel knew how devastated I was and he extended his hand for me to hold. <laughs> yeah, and I would say that that was the most difficult part of the, the trip. Namekin. And no, just like that most difficult aspect was just like doing something with a group where that, you know, you have to, you have six different bodily needs that are yeah. getting exhausted at yeah. different times. And it's mm. just so hard, like to line that up. Yeah. To line it up. And like you, that's why I think we were so understanding. It was like, we're all hitting stuff at different times. Like there's no point in like voting on whether we should stop. It's like, all right, we need to stop for Quinn, like, or we need to stop for Zach and Bram. You know, yeah. we need to stop for Chase. Like, we need to stop. It yeah. sucks because I feel great. And, you know, and you do feel like, damn, like, if everyone felt great, keep going. <laughs> yeah. But no, they don't feel great. And that was just the hardest part to, like, I think that was the biggest challenge in doing this as a group rather than an With, like, a one or two or person team, right? Yeah. It's a great point. Group response was, yeah. was so nice. It was it was yeah. so accommodating. Everyone was mature. Was, yeah, mature. It, it, mature. mature. It really was. The the physical and mental challenges, we were all going to treat each other so well and be so understanding. But for us, it was because we're able to draw on that past experience with one another. And that's what made it so, quote unquote, easy for us, um, which, you know, yeah, thank God we had that to draw on. It, it made all the difference. Bram, would you do something like this again? Yes. Why? Uh, I just, it was very, uh, I don't, I don't know. It was just awesome, uh, for me to, to see the limits of my body, just very cool. And, um, and I would potentially do it as a tandem too. I think it's awesome to do it as a group, but I don't expect everyone to want to do that necessarily. Um, but that was a special aspect. I totally would. You know, if there was an option of doing it with two people or six, I would choose you guys, you know, over the two. I would rather just put my body through that with a group and and go a little slower because of the inefficiencies rather than, you know, go as fast as possible with a pair and put my body through the same, you know. It would be the same work, just like a little more efficient. That's it. Like it would be, you would still see the same like thresholds. Or whatever, I imagine. Unless I got into like insane shape, it was like way above everybody, which I would never do. Right? I couldn't 
Yeah. But you would do it again because you like to push yourself to the limit. You like to feel where Sometimes. your limits are. Yeah. And in the last interview, you compared it to the myth of Sisyphus. Oh my God. Like we like the myth of Sisyphus. I want some Axel, you were the one. What is the myth of Sisyphus? Yeah. Um and don't describe how Bram I want I want you to describe the myth of Sisyphus, and then I want Bram to describe his how he related it. Absolutely. So Sisyphus was a king. He's condemned to continually push an extremely heavy boulder up a mountain, uh, mountain or hillside, a very, very steep incline. And uh, just as he's about to reach the precipice, the boulder rolls back down the hill and he's condemned to go back down and do it again. And he knows, he knows what's going to happen every time too. I mean, it's just, <laughs> but that he has to do it. Devastating. And yeah, so what I was saying is the fact that we just, that I just put myself through this and want to do it again. And it's, it's a little different, I think, but it's also just, I think life could, for a lot of people could be kind of like that. Like you, you challenge yourself, you get to a threshold and you break through that threshold and then there's just a new one. And for Sisyphus, it was the same threshold, but I'm kind of taking it as like you get to the top of the mountain and it's not the top, right? It's never the top because you're always going to want to challenge yourself again. So that's kind of how it was for me. Um, and that's just, I think, a good way to think of life. It's like you, you're never going to reach the top. Uh, you know, you can always challenge yourself more, want more. I love that. Quinn, would you do this trip again? I don't know. I don't know. Um, but it, as I said before, it just hit an extreme, especially a mental extreme, uh, that I didn't think I would hit. I thought it was really funny when Axel made the uh, analogy to mercenaries or like paddles for hire on the trip. Because I did feel like that, like I'm just showing up. It's four days. What's the worst? It's three days. What's the worst that's going to happen? And Wait, Quinn, who are we mercenaries for? Paul. Paul. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shout out to Paul. Paul yeah. Beach has yeah. a plan, and it's like, all right, Paul's got a plan. Sick. I'm, I'm in. Show up with my paddle, and it's you know, it's not 109 days. It's This is a walk in, a, in the park, but it just wasn't, and that's my fault for not doing the research or preparing myself well enough. I think if I am going to do something like this, like, do do the the prep you know get get yourself get your body ready it's it's just such a a burden you know it, it just you're pushing the boulder up the hill you're you're testing yourself you're challenging yourself and it does feel great all these things that that Bram is saying that's why I continue to go back but I also don't I I don't want to let anyone down I don't want to let my friends down I felt like you guys needed me to show up and I'm going to show up so I think that that was my big driving driving mm. factor, and we missed James out there. Like we loved Chase. Chase being about with you was fucking awesome. But we also wish Jimmy could have been with us, you know. And then I just felt like probably not ready, probably not as prepared as I should be. But I'm gonna show up and I'm gonna do my best. And yeah, I mean, would I do it again? You guys asked me to. If I say no, I just gotta hear it. You know, <laughs> I got to hear it from fucking Mr. Hero over here waking me up. Come on, dude. 
That being said, I would like to do a different trip first. I'd like to. Pl- I think I should plan one where we go yeah. to Great Slave Lake and we find the beach. Wow. And we chill there for at least 48 hours. Sounds and we fish. Yeah, I think it's right by Caribou Island. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, sorry, I'm, I'm referencing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I know. Quinn, Quinn we, on our Arctic trip, we paddled 109 days, 2,800 miles. We, we, at one point, we were on Great Slave Lake, and Quinn identified this beach. He always had his eyes out for beaches and cliffs. <laughs> Hence the nick- he got the right. nickname Cliff because he at some point he was like, "I need to, f- I just want to find a cliff and jump off of it." It sounded funny, <laughs> like but what he really meant is like a cliff into jumping water. into the water. Yeah. <laughs> and so Quinn identified this spectacular. I gotta admit, that was a spectacular, amazing beach. cliffs on both sides, pines in the back, lots of white sand, just. <laughs> beautiful quinn has an eye for beauty and if he planned a trip it would not be a trip that was like endurance based it would be beauty based yeah so i I feel that quinn lots of flowers axel trip like this again hell yeah dude (laughs) win sign me up i'm in uh i thought it was really funny going into the trip in the in the pre-trip interview I, i hear where quinn's coming from um regarding preparation and just kind of general getting your mind at what it's going to be like. I remember being the only person there who said I was very, I, I said I was scared going into the trip. Like I was, I was cause I mean, I was gearing up for battle. I mean, I, 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 it met all of my expectations. I had very high expectations about what was going to happen out there and it, 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 it surpassed them even. I mean, for, for, um, challenge and for, um, and then just the takeaways from the trip and, um, the, you know, when we got together and, and that, that the spawning of that Sisyphus conversation came from just some of those kind of magical moments when, you know, we'd be bonking at different times, you know, at night or sometimes just in the middle of the day. I mean, it doesn't matter. It all blends together, but we would just get so devastatingly tired that it would just be time for all the boats to naturally converge and we would ask each other questions and spark conversations and i asked that question what is your favorite myth to and it was very general you know native american greek mythology biblical and uh it was so funny that that uh this that sisyphus has been highlighted because my answer to that was going to be Sisyphus. And Zach, I think you were the one who said Sisyphus, actually. And, my, and that mine Bram, was going to be Sisyphus. <laughs> yours was going to be Sisyphus, too. Like, that just, I mean. That was the first go. one that came to my mind. That was the first <laughs> one that came to my mind. It's because it's so, like, right there, Relevant. man. Like, what the hell? Like, that's why these these myths live on. That's what yeah. makes them myths, the, the, this experience. And it carries on for generation after generation. And I think the other one that was said was the Odyssey. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. Right, Self-evident. Like yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Totally, totally. Um, and uh, yeah, I that that is just absolutely like Bram was saying. As far as would you do it again and why? I mean, the takeaways, the bigger boulder, and knowing that you, in a way, like yeah, we are. You can we quote unquote reach the top by completing that trip, but we are all Sisyphus in that there is always going to be another peak to summit or to try to summit, you know? And in a way, it's beautiful. Um, it, You know, some might... You can take a nihilistic uh, view of it about the meaninglessness and absurdity of life, but you could also... It's just perspective. I mean, it, it's also... It's a blessing to have that, to 
to aim at consistently. It's uh, it's a beautiful thing, and it, yeah, it really helps. Oh, yeah, that orients and, and, you. And right. yeah, I mean totally. that takeaway and how we are feeling after the trip and how we're able to talk about it. That's what it's makes self, it. Yeah, it's self evident the the virtue of of this endeavor. So so glad I was able to do so it with you guys. That's a resounding yes from Axel, and for me, it's a it's a yes, and it'd probably be I would love to do one of Quinn's trips. That sounds freaking <laughs> sick. Well, before. Just based off what Axel just said, um, to your point, it makes those that downtime that much more enjoyable, and that's why I, I mean, I'm always hesitant in the moment. It's like it really is like, why do I continue to do this? And and then you're sitting here talking about it after the fact, and it's very clear why you do it. Yep. Do hard stuff with your friends. We we talked about that at the end <laughs> of our last interview, and I'm actually going to cut to it. Well Thank, said. Thankfully, that was preserved. Yeah. Do hard things with your friends. Hashtag. <laughs> <laughs>